Welcome to the program. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We're keeping it clean. We're highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Remember, this is not a faith program with sports. It's sports programming with faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Did you guys see the Colorado Rockies fantasy camp cat? 88-year-old Lou Dunlop. I don't know if you get the the Twitter feed from the Rockies or from MLB.com, but this cat is 88 years old. Took one high and tight. Now remember, this costs you 4,400 bucks or 4,500 bucks, something like that, to go to the fantasy camp and do all this. This guy is 88. Took it high and tight and started going after the mound. <laughs> he was going out there. It was awesome. If you haven't seen that video clip, you need you need to catch that. Lou How did Dunlop. I miss that? I don't know. If Sounds it, awesome. MLB retweeted it. It was on the Rockies feed. It, it was awesome. It was it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I saw that. It looks like it would probably take the guy like 10 minutes to get to the mound. But he was going but he's out my there. hero. I don't know if that thing was faked or rigged or whatever, but he looked at 88 like he was going to go do some business. He was Good for him. Do- that umpire's reaction was classic in that video, too. <laughs> yeah, he got out there, got in front of him like he's supposed to do. Yeah. Got to see this now. Here's a good story for you. Uh Scout for the Brooklyn Nets, Jim Sand, working at a pre-practice drill with some of the guys. He walked under the basket, reeled forward, grabbed his chest, and went down. He Uh was obviously having some sort of heart attack issue. Fortunately, their trainer, Tib Walsh, was on site, ran out there, and was able to save this man's life. Now, you got to know that Sand is the father of a 9-year-old boy and a 7-year-old girl who lost their mother to cancer just three years ago. This would have been tragic. This man saved his life. And that's not the first time this year. This also happened earlier this year with a trainer. His name is Tim Walsh, uh, one of the Nets players in a game, uh, was having some sort of multiple blood clot issues. Mm-hmm. And the trainer picked up on what was causing that this was a thing and it was causing him shortness of breath, saved his life in all likelihood. So good job, Tim Walsh, Brooklyn Nets trainer. That is a tremendous story. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of tremendous stories, Boozer Parish Community College has given a baseball scholarship to the daughter of former Major League Baseball player and one-time All-Star, John Hudek. So good for them, giving a scholarship to this girl. Now, this is probably not any ordinary gal. She was named uh, the USA Baseball Sportswoman of the Year uh, due to her performance in the Women's Baseball World Cup. She was one and one a 0.53 ERA in 17 innings in the 17 and under wood bat league that she plays in. She had 14 strikeouts, just two walks against some of the country's best players. Hmm. She's now got a scholarship to go to college, so good job there. The NFL schedule has come out. and Pastor bad, news. Shane, bad news. Exactly right. <laughs> Pastor Shane's Pittsburgh Steelers have the number one most difficult schedule. <laughs> And Number no Le'Veon Bell for the first two games. And looking at your Buffalo Bills guys, you guys are 19. Uh, All right. My Giants are 20th. The New England Patriots are 22 oh, come on, on that list. The so 22 most difficult schedule goes to the New England Patriots. The Dallas Cowboys, they have 24th on the list. So their schedule is even easier. It works all the way up. The, the easiest schedule in the league is the Atlanta Falcons, which I said, when that job was opening, isn't that a job you would have wanted as a head coach? Definitely. Uh, you I'm surprised would, Rex Ryan didn't go there. Listen, playing in that division with this schedule, 
you're looking at a playoff appearance probably in your very first year, but uh, tough job there, Pastor Shane. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to deal with that. Be a great season, I guess. Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams is a quarterback at Eastern Washington. He is the guy that is transferring to Oregon and puts his coach, Bo Baldwin, in a tough spot because he's going to finish out his degree at Eastern Washington. He's going to finish out the, the scholastic season before he transfers to Oregon. But in this meantime, over these next couple of months, he can't practice at the facilities there at Eastern Washington while he finishes his schooling. Yeah, which, from the coach's perspective, what are you going to do? Uh, he's like, I love the kid. You know, I want to do what what's best for him, but I can't have him working with our guys, using our equipment, especially since these two teams play each other week one of the next season. Does, I, he, does he think they have a chance to beat Oregon? No, probably not. But if the kid is transferring to Oregon, That's I mean, true. You, what are you going to do? You, His hands are tied in this case. Yeah, it puts the coach in a tough spot. Yeah, I can't say that. Tough position. There you go. But what are you going to do? What was happening there? It's like I was having a little mini stroke, little seizure of some sort. I need the trainer of the Brooklyn Nets to be here just in case I grab my heart and go down. I need you guys to come to my rescue. Yeah, I was a lifeguard once, so. No mouth to mouth. That's the only thing I request. We're going to go to break. Coming up after the uh, after the break, we're going to talk to Danny Keller, free agent pitcher. We're also going to talk later in the show with Jimmy Spencer. He covers the NBA for Fox Sports. we got a bunch of other stuff happening. You're listening to Benson and those guys, brought to you by Town & Country, Best Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town and Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bed bugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town and Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585 585- 402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. G&T Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's G-N-T athletics.info. Hey, you know what else GNT has? Men's softball, and registration is open for that now too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. 
Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, G&T will find a team for you. They'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. G&T Softball. Registration open now. Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out there. Coming back, Benson and those guys, the show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solution. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. The Buffalo Sabres made a eight-player trade, and I have heard both good and bad about it, so I'm going to go to the expert. Zach, you are our hockey expert, and I want to ask you, is this a salary dump, or is this is this something that Buffalo Sabres fans can get excited about well it's not a salary dump because the sabers actually took on some salary in this trade so that takes care of the salary dump thing right off the top i think it's a good trade for both teams um if you're the winnipeg jets evander kane's not playing the rest of the season you have a gaping hole on you know your second or third line at right wing uh drew stafford will step right in and fill that um tyler myers and zach bogosian i feel like kind of cancel each other out but I feel like Bogosian has better upside. He has a real heavy shot from the point that I like. Um, and if you're the Jets, you got two former first-round picks in your system, and you've picked up a first-round pick you can use yourself. For the Sabres, it's a move for the future. Um, they're not winning anything this year, except maybe the draft lottery. Well, I guess that's kind of what I'm wondering. It's always about the future for the Sabres. When, when is that happening? Is this, a, is this a trade that says, Hey man, maybe next year the future arrives? Because they also shipped out their goaltender to Dallas, but I guess they got one back from the Jets. And is that who they're counting on to be in goal for the next couple of years? Well, the goaltender they got from the Jets is still in college. Um, they acquired the rights to him. So that's a no? <laughs> yes. I hope they're not depending on him in goal because they might not have a goaltender. Uh, Anders Lindback is the guy that they got back from Dallas in the Enroth trade. He's a big, huge guy who's a terrible goalie. Um, Does he know that? <laughs> I think he's going to help them say make sure. Dallas, Dallas apparently knew that. <laughs> he's, he's going to help them make sure they get the number one pick is what he's here to do. They're just going to go with an empty net the rest of the season to make sure that they <laughs> were six guys. <laughs> but um, uh, the Sabres, I feel like, could be I, – I don't know if anyone's ever done this. I think they could – win the draft lottery this year and make the playoffs next year. I feel like drafting one or two, you're going to get McDavid or Eichel, um, both of who are dynamic players who can step into your lineup right away and play top minutes, I think. Um, you could be looking at a next a line next year of McDavid or Eichel as your center, Kane on one wing, maybe Chris Stewart or Matt Molson on the other wing. That's a pretty good top line. And um, I, I, some of their young defensemen will have a full season under their belt. I like the Sabres next year. Not this year, but next year. You think they got, with what they've done this week, they got a legitimate chance looking here, even next season even. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Joining us now is Danny Keller, a free agent pitcher who most recently played in the Brewers organization. Danny, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're, of course, still very young in your career, but do you feel like you know what to expect in spring training, and do you feel comfortable heading into it this year? I do. This is, because I signed out of high school, this is going to be my fourth spring training now, so I've kind of been around a little bit with it. Even though I am young, It's I've gotten a lot of experience, and I do know what to expect, and I have my own little routines that I now have in place, so I pretty much have everything down when it comes down to that. Can you share a little with our listeners what you worked on during the off season, or perhaps what your training routine might look like? Yeah, um, for the most part, like with me, I'm really big on flexibility because I'm more of a tall, lankier kind of guy. So for me, the biggest thing is like the flexibility, and that's really just the biggest thing for me to keep things healthy and to keep things just going exactly the way it is, and showing up to the field early, getting out there, stretching, doing all my dry work getting my own stuff done before even practice starts. So it's an everyday thing. You were, of course, drafted by the Brewers right out of high school in 2011. You considered Cal State Northridge, I understand. How tough a decision was it for you to go pro and not go to college right then? Well, for me at the time, it was a very, very easy decision because I struggled in school because I had really bad ADD. So I couldn't sit down. I couldn't focus. It was tough for me so when I had the opportunity to go play professionally I was like I'm, I'm out of here I'm ready sign me up. Now I understand you had a back injury in 2013 when you were with the Brewers how discouraging was that for you and how difficult has that been to come back from? It was pretty discouraging because I had just started to get things to where I wanted them all my pitches were working I was feeling good with everything and that just it killed the moral it was tough to really come back from and now it's everything's fine with it all and I have no problems but it took a while just to get over it and even though even after I got healthy there was that still kind of babying it and worrying about it it might happen again so that took even longer to get over but as of now we're good. Who was your first celebrity encounter by that maybe I mean maybe a player you admired growing up and now you're talking to player to player? Well my favorite one has definitely been I know he's more of a recent guy but Kershaw watching him and seeing the things that he'd really done. And then I had kind of got and met him at a, uh, we did it, the minor league guys do this little like Bible study thing. We was on Tuesday nights and I had seen him there and that was just really cool to sit there and be going and doing that stuff with him. Now, Danny, you and I are mutual Twitter followers. And one of the big things I noticed right away is your statement that you're playing for the Lord. What does that mean to you? To me, it's everything that I do is for him because he's the one that blessed me with my abilities. And so all the credit goes to him. Everything about my career, everything about just baseball in general, it's it's all being put towards him. It's praising him in everything that I do. Now, I'm a little familiar, though, completely as an outsider, uh, the grind of a professional baseball lifestyle. How difficult is that for you? And what ways do you keep yourself removed from the temptations and keeping yourself focused on God? It's See, that's one thing my first couple years I struggled with because there wasn't very much fellowship. And that was one of the biggest things was when you have nobody there that has similar beliefs as you, I, for the most part, I didn't do anything. I would go to the field and then after that I would just go straight back home and it, it was, I didn't really have any life. And it was just kind of, it eats at you after a while because all it is is baseball, 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 and nothing else. And I'd finally found a couple of just really good dudes on the team that we'd sit down and have like Bible fellowship with. And when that started happening, it was just, 
it changed everything about it. It made things so much more bearable, and it just kind of gave it a whole new feel to it all and made it all more fun. Can you tell us how you first became a believer in Christ? With me, it was I've I've kind of been a little bit around with it because I started off growing up in a Christian family, and I had gone to Christian schools my whole life, so I was a believer my whole life. But it wasn't until I'd say two years ago when I had a couple of my buddies sit down and we were all talking about things, and he kind of sat started bringing up little topics, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a good Christian. I'm really good on this, I'm that, I'm all this. And after a while, I was like, wait a second, this isn't right, that's not right. And I kind of just had to take a check on it all, and finally I was like, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. i got to go figure this out, and went and sat down and just kind of really prayed over it, and it kind of was like a life-altering moment. It was that real big, like, oh, wow. This is how it's supposed to be. I've been doing it wrong my whole entire life. I thought I had it right, but it was just so different than how it should have been. I was doing so much on I, this is what I think I should do, instead of this is what I should be doing. I need to get sit, sit down and get in the Word and really understand what's actually supposed to be happening. Mm. Praise the Lord for the faithfulness of God. That's a similar testimony to what I have and so many other people have. That's why we value having folks like yourself, athletes come on who are believers and can share their story because there's a lot of young men out there playing the game that are in very similar spots. So to hear it from somebody like yourself and others means a mm-hmm. lot. How can we pray for you? Um, right now, just to keep things healthy and try to have an injury-free year this year because that's been the biggest thing to keep me back on things. So just to keep my body in working condition for the long season. I'm very grateful you came on. Um, I'll be praying for you. And Thank you very much, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. All right, thank you. You're listening to Benson and those guys. It's Valentine's Day. Zach's in charge of our music. At some point, it's going to start. Taking us out with the love songs. Harry Como, getting down with the sweater. We'll be right back after the break. GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Hey, you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season's scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, G&T will find a team for you. They'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. 
Go to gntathletics.info, that's gntathletics.info, and find yourself over to their softball page, GNT Softball. Registration open now. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Put your head on my shoulder. Hold me in your arms. The Valentine's Day edition of Benson and Those Guys. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Unfortunately, this next story I want to talk about, there's no, not a whole lot of love. In fact, it kind of frosts my fanny that... Uh, got it in. I did get Across that. my fanny, got it in. Listen, uh, the cheating in sports. Now, we know we talked a little bit about it last week, Syracuse mm-hmm. withdrawing from the NCAA or any postseason which activity, which it is. You know, and I have a problem with that. If If anybody thinks that Syracuse is doing the right thing by that or that it's selfless, oh, look at us, you know, we're imposing <laughs> our own penalty, Come on, they're, that's they're not gonna, good this year. They're that's going to turn out to be a mess, and I feel sorry for those players. And there's there's a reason you wait to now. I feel bad for the players for this because by waiting to now, they couldn't transfer. No. If you had done it before the season, maybe they transferred somebody somewhere else. But now they're just kind of stuck there. And now you got this other incident in with the Chicago baseball team, the, the World Series team. What a great story that was. And I feel awful about this, that now because they used ineligible players, their championship is being vacated, or or their U.S. championship. They eventually lost to South Korea. But this is an ugly story. A lot of accusations going back and forth. Uh, Man, who reported them, it's it's racially motivated. I I really don't care about any of that. The rules are the rules. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the worst thing about youth sports is the adults that are involved. We have this, uh, I've run across it where there's ineligible players, people appear on a roster. Uh, We had a tournament a few years ago where there was a young man that played third base for a team that on Friday, the young man in the lineup by that name, what pick a name, I don't even remember what it was, the young man was was a white kid, and then two days later... I remember this. He, he was an African American kid, you know, by the same name. You know, it's not the same kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you went and got somebody. But this is an ugly story, and and the cheating. You know, eighty percent. There was a poll done on a college campus re- recently, and eighty percent admitted 
that they cheated within the last year. 80%. Cheating is so commonplace that people overlook it. Well, it's not a big deal. Well, one one parent of one of those students that admitted to cheating said that, well, at least they didn't pull a knife on somebody. <laughs> what? You, you're still... It's a real high standard you're setting for your kids there. Exactly right. And here's what I, here's my problem with vacating victories. Where's the penalty in it? Okay. The kids don't. Well, they're 12 years old. They don't care. Right. You don't, you don't have the trophy. Same thing with Penn State. They vacated the victories. Well, then they gave them back. So what? Here's the thing. Those kids from Jackie Robinson West got to enjoy that championship. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm glad they did. That was a great story. That was a terrific story. But what they did is they cheated out of those other kids the opportunity to enjoy that moment. doesn't matter. That team in Las Vegas that now is going to be named the champion, so what? That seems so hollow to me. You still lost the game. You lost the game. And, and when you play sports, you play it with the emotion. Uh, at 12 years old, you're certainly not playing it for the money. You're there <laughs> to win. Mm-hmm. And those kids in, in Las Vegas, those kids in Rhode Island who lost, I think, a round earlier, they were deprived of that opportunity to celebrate a victory on the field with their teammates. Celebrating it now, you know, in third period English class or whatever, <laughs> just doesn't have the same meaning. This is this is just what happens when parents get involved. I I'm getting tired of seeing youth sports ruined by parents that just want to win so badly. You can't tell me that every single one of those parents did not know that they were pulling a move. Well, I, I don't know that every single parent knew that. I, I have no idea. You know somebody. If, if a coach says, hey, man, this kid's eligible, you may not look any farther so than some, that. So some the adult knew they knew, were cheating, though. Exactly. The coach knew. The league director knew. And cheating is stealing. At the end of the day, cheating is stealing. You are getting something that is not yours. You didn't earn it. You took it from somebody else. And that's exactly what happened with these kids. I, it's not about the kids. I feel bad about them. It's about those adults. Not only are they depriving their own kids now because it is vacated victories and yeah, if there's a trophy, you got to give it back and, but they deprive those kids of the other schools or the other leagues. It's like giving back a, uh, an Olympic medal. Like, Hey, we're going to need that gold back. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I lost it. They're not going to give that trophy back. They're going to have to make another one, but I, I am getting, I'm already sick of this story because you got the, the parents coming out and they're all outraged. Like Benson said, cheating is cheating. You, you, you did the crime. Now you have to pay for it. Proverbs eleven one. God says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. God doesn't want uh, anything less than our best. Cheating affects your relationships. If you're caught cheating, uh, you've broken trust. Uh, not only between you and God, but between you and those persons. Even if you don't get caught, it's you violated a trust. You're cheating. You're you're. You're probably developing a pattern of dishonesty, uh, lying, stealing. It, it just ruins relationships. Darren, you're going to say something. Something that's bothering me the most out of all this, though, is is with all these people coming out in support of the team saying, you know, it's not a big deal. What kind of lesson are you teaching the youth here? It's like, oh, you can cheat as long as it's you and not somebody else. Like, if they don't punish this team and take away their win, take away their title... And they're just teaching these kids that that it's okay, and that that's basically what I'm I'm getting from from all the parents. They think it's okay, and the people that are supporting, you know, uh, Jeff or whatever the team's name is, West, 
the supporting them saying, you know, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, Jackie. Yeah, thank you. They're taking away this title, and, and they're they're saying people are supporting them, saying they shouldn't. Yes, you absolutely should, because if you don't, what are you teaching these twelve year old kids? Well, exactly right, and you got to have standards. And when you play sports. Again, you're playing with emotion. You're playing for the win or the loss. I'm not talking about the professional level where you're getting paid millions. And even there, so many of those athletes are, yeah, they're well paid, but they're playing because they love the game. Mm-hmm. And when what are you teaching these young people? It's, it's a tragedy. It really is. To, to cheat for the victory. I don't even know how you enjoy the victory if you had to cheat to gain it. I cheated to beat someone in golf one time. This was like five years ago. I still remember it. It's tainted. I haven't ever told that person, but still, I, it's not worth it. I know not, it's just not worth it to tell them that you no, cheated. It's not worth it to cheat and win. I, I five years ago in a you know in a, a random day in July, I went golfing and I I cheated to win and still haven't told them, but clearly still bothers me because I'm talking about it. Everyone who played you in July five years ago was going. I knew it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just amazed that Darren hasn't quoted his favorite hockey movie of all time at this, you know, with the great example of Adam Banks and Mighty Ducks <laughs> with the same exact issue. Um, but really, I mean, another thing that concerns me greatly with this whole issue is that the parents and leaders of this team are making it out to be something in addition to the, what it's not. What Whatever it is, you know, just ad- admit the fact you got caught cheating. It, it's cheating. You crossed over those boundaries and you got caught. You know, yeah, it's, it's sad for the kids, but they're 12 years old. They're going to be okay. Let them learn from this and, mm-hmm. you know, admit that this is not okay. What you did, you're sorry about it and move on. There was there was one report that said because they were they were getting kids from a diff, from different boundaries beyond their boundaries and building a sort of super team. Well, it's not like they were bringing kids in from other states or anything. These were neighboring districts, from my understanding, from what I've read. You're not really building a super team. I don't know what 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 was involved there. Whether there was uh, what motivated somebody to, to report them. But really, that doesn't matter. You're just shifting blame. You're just clouding the, uh, clouding the incident up so that you can't really see the, the issue. And the issue is the inner symptom of what caused one to cheat? What causes an adult to say, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll go get that kid from over there. He's a ringer. We'll bring him in and we'll win this game. What do you got to win? What what is so important about that victory? Yeah, you know, I'm going to disagree a little bit with, you know, I don't think they were creating a super team. Where I grew up in Pennsylvania playing baseball, there were certain areas, you know, I knew that I couldn't play on such and such team because of where I lived. I knew that so-and-so, who is a friend of mine, couldn't play on such and such team because of where he lived. He was a great baseball player. I would love to have him on my team. And this is just a small area. It's not talking about the entire, you know, city of Chicago and its surrounding suburbs. I- I'm going to disagree there and say that, you know, they, I think they were trying to build a super team. You know, I I think it takes more players you're taking from all over the place when you're building a super team. And maybe you're right. It it just, to me, somebody coming from the bordering district, uh, maybe it is. But still, the motivation, my point is not what they were trying to do or what the people who reported them were trying to do or even the people in Las Vegas, if they were involved in it, oh, look what happened. The issue is 
somewhere along the line, somebody set this up to happen, and they are they need to be held accountable. And that's what's being happened here. Mm-hmm. But again, vacating the victories, well, okay, that's great, but it's awful hollow to me because what you are playing for is that moment where the final out and and you get to celebrate that victory, and that will never happen for Las Vegas right. or, or, or Rhode Island because they cheated and they stole. And we all know what God says, you shall not steal. And that's what this team did. Exactly. This isn't as egregious as what the Bronx team did with, you know, 37-year-old Danny Almonte pitching for them. But it's still wrong, and it still needs to be punished, or you're doing a disservice to these, these kids. You have to teach them that it's not okay to break I, the I don't. I don't see any difference in that. You went and got Danny Almonte, who was too old. He was ineligible. These kids yeah. didn't live within your boundaries, just as ineligible. Yeah, it's it's still it's the same a crime. Thing. It's still wrong. You know, you have to, you have to punish them though. I don't, I'm sick of hearing all these other people come out and bringing up other issues. It's, it's, it's the, the black worst and part, white. the worst part about this thing is it ruins a good story. What yeah. was a great story in this group of kids winning? Uh, it just ruins a great story. You're right. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Jimmy Spencer. He covers the NBA for Fox Sports. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. like a bigger pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585 585- 402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. G&T Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, 
family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Hey, you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. They'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now. All of me. Why not take all of me? Can't you see? Jimmy Spencer covers the NBA for Fox Sports, and he joins us now in the BTG studio line. Jimmy, welcome to the program. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, news coming out of your part of the world. As Sacramento Kings have hired George Carl, he'll be the team's third coach this season. Why would they do that now as opposed to waiting until the end of the year? I think it makes it makes sense to do it at the end of the year so you can get a fresh start, so George Carl comes in with positive vibes. Uh, however, I think the reality is George Carl was a man being pursued by other teams. Uh, the Orlando Magic, for instance, are you know, looking for a coach. So the Kings weren't the only one who wanted him, and I think that part of that plays in getting started early, getting him signed on. He'll get a good look at the team this year. I think George Carl is the type of coach with his experience that wants to be involved in personnel decisions. And I think this summer the Kings are going to have some big decisions to make about what direction they want to go. And with George Carl in the fray, now he can kind of help guide those decisions. But also he becomes a coach that players around the league are more likely to want to come play for. So I think you make that move now. He gets in with the Marcus Cousins early. You know, he builds some relationships and he's better set for next season. We heard that DeMarco's cousins didn't really care for the move. There was that awkward video where he's asking, how do you stop God? Is that accurate, or is that something the media just created? And what was that video all about? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, I wasn't in the locker room. I, I saw the video like everybody else. But I do have a unique perspective of knowing DeMarco's cousins since he was a rookie. I covered. I was covering the Kings for NBA.com during his rookie season. I really got to know him over the years, did a big feature piece with him, a couple of years ago where I spent a day with him at his home and really got to know him. And he's a guy who he just kind of says what's on his heart at that moment. As you can see, he's highly emotional on the court. And after games, I think he's just, he was fed up. He's fed up with the frustration of losing year after year. He's fed up with the fact that he liked Mike Malone and now Malone's gone and Tyrone Corbin came in. I don't think he felt that they treated Corbin very well either. So I think at this point, it's just kind of like hands up in the air, like, Hey, no one's asking me. I'm not part of this. Like, you guys are asking me these questions. I don't know how to answer it. Um, but I don't really think it was a knock on George Carl by any means. I think in the end, I think these two are going to be a perfect pair. It's not really the halfway point, but as we reach the break in the NBA season, does the MVP come down to Steph Curry or James Harden, and who do you think wins out? Uh, those are two, two, uh, two worthy MVPs, I think, both obviously with winning teams. 
the Warriors with that incredible record and what Steph Curry's done. I think Curry is in that maybe 1A spot. But if you look at 1B, what James Harden has done with without Dwight Howard playing lately, James Harden's been just phenomenal. And James Harden started to play on the defensive side of the ball this year as well. So he's more of a complete player than he was in the past. Uh, so it's a tough call at this point, you know, and I think it could come down to which team finishes this uh, last one-third of the season better. And uh, two worthy worthy MVPs, are, that's for sure. Huh? We're talking with Jimmy Spencer. He covers the NBA for Fox Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jimmy Spencer NBA. In the Eastern Conference, it seems like the Cavs may finally be putting it together. Meanwhile, the Hawks are not still not getting the respect that they deserve. Are the Cavs the team to beat in the East, or do the Hawks or maybe even the Raptors have what it takes to win the East? I think that the Cavs are the team to beat. I think that earlier in the year, uh, this offseason, one thing that I kept saying was, and you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the shoulder here, but it's going to sound that way. I I thought that the Heat, or sorry, the LeBron James leaving the Heat and going to the Cavs shifted the power to Cleveland. And I knew it also would take a little while. It wasn't going to happen overnight when you talk about Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, two guys that aren't used to winning, um, and all the other moving pieces that go into an NBA franchise. It wasn't like just dropping LeBron in was going to be automatic. So, you know, I was always saying it would be about mid-January before they kind of started to catch rhythm. And that was exactly when January 15th is when that 12-game winning streak started. And now the way they're surging, I just think, I'm not saying that the Hawks peaked too early because we haven't seen that yet. But it's a lot to ask the Hawks to hold on. I think the Hawks will take that number one seed, but headed into the postseason, do the Hawks have that number one guy who can take over when the game slows down and changes in the postseason? I'm still not sure they have that guy. I think Orford and Millsap are incredible on the block, but they're not go-to scorers necessarily. So they have a lot to prove there. Why LeBron James has proven that he can lead his team to the finals uh, four years in a row. I think uh, Cleveland is the team to be in the East still. There's so many good teams in the West, and of course some of the big guys are starting to be affected by injuries, and Golden State has been the class of the conference all year. Will they be able to hold up down the stretch playing that up-tempo game? Right now they're looking ragged. They look tired. Uh, you know, I'm out here in the Bay Area, so I get a chance to see up close and personal this Golden State team, and they're definitely not the same team they were even just a couple weeks ago right now. They're really tired coming to the break. Uh, but one of the nice things about having a 42 and nine record, getting, you know, seven games up on the three seed right now, Portland, um, there's kind of that chunk, Portland, Houston, Dallas, the Clippers and the Spurs, who are all just about that seven, eight, nine games back of the Warriors. They have a little bit of room to breathe. So this extended all-star break couldn't be more perfect for Golden State right now. Golden State's still young. So most of their guys are going to come back and have enough life. I think Steve Kerr is going to have a very tall task, though, to make sure he's limiting the minutes. Earlier in the year, they were blowing teams out, so their starters were sitting in the fourth quarter. But the way they've been finishing games so poorly lately, they haven't had that opportunity to do that. And I think that's that's held them back and one of the reasons why they've been so tired. So it's really up to Steve Kerr to manage these minutes down the stretch and try and get some life, especially for a guy like Andrew Bogut, who they're going to need so much in the playoffs. One last NBA question for you. The Knicks, uh, they're my team. A couple of us here in studio, we're Knicks fans. And can they attract free agents needed to make the team competitive? Or are they going to have to abandon the triangle altogether in order to be able to do that? Huh. Well, first off, my apologies to you and your friends in the studio <laughs> there for being Knicks fans. I know this season has not been a positive one overall. And email from James Dolan has just been a total mess over there. But I think that, uh, 
looking ahead to the future and, and what you guys do have, um, you have Carmelo Anthony. Let's start there. He is a superstar. You need a superstar. I don't think the Knicks regret signing him and bringing him back. He hasn't proven that he's the number one guy. Um, but the Knicks have to really look about how they're going to rebuild this. So many times they've tried that quick rebuild, uh, bringing in guys on big contracts, guys who have been names, guys who have done stuff before but are on the tail end of things. And I think that they kind of need to flip that script and try what they tried years ago, back during the Eddie Curry experiment years. Uh, even though it didn't work then, I think it's time for the Knicks rebuild and start fresh the best that they can, not trying to make any quick fixes, not trying to like work some crazy deal to bring Kobe Bryant Phil Jackson together or anything like that. I think they need to step back and start a true rebuild. And I think Phil Jackson recognized that. I just don't know if he'll have the patience with all the pressure on him. Actually, I got one more just came to mind. Speaking of the Knicks and Amari Stoudemire, is it possible he's played his last game in New York? You wonder about a team like the Clippers with Blake Griffin being out for a couple of weeks, if they could use a big man like Amari. Yeah, anytime that there's mutual interest in partying, I think that the the chance is definitely there and high. And I think for for the Knicks on the Knicks end, they, if they can save some money, they don't they don't need Amari Stoudemire uh, to finish off uh, that contract. And Amari Stoudemire, he doesn't have that much time left. He's playing relatively healthy basketball right now, and that's that's a rarity for him, obviously. So getting him in a place where he can actually play and maybe get into the postseason, I think that would be huge for his individual career. So. With that mutual interest, I definitely see it as a possibility. You know, possible landing spots, you mentioned the Clippers, that's a good one. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks are just, they all year have been saying they need a backup for Tyson Chandler and a guy who can, you know, bully himself to the basket a few times a game is exactly who Amari Stoudemire is. So, and even Golden State, I don't know how much they'd be willing to shake up, but they're going to want an extra big in there at some point. So maybe Amari is some guy who can go to Golden State. So there's a lot of different options for contenders who need bigs. We're talking with Jimmy Spencer, NBA writer, whose Twitter activity is really a party in 140 characters or less. You can follow him at Jimmy Spencer NBA. You cover the NBA, Jimmy, and of course you're a sports fan in general. You're a believer in Christ. You balance those things well on social media. You wrote an article on the World Series champion San Francisco Giants and the many players of faith they have on their team. What, if anything, has that meant to you to witness so many outspoken believers talking about their faith so openly? Yeah, I, you know, Simpsonville Giants have been an incredible uh, testimony. I think that you look at that team, there's a lot of guys who have faith in Christ and guys who really walk it. And you see it kind of in the way that they speak to fans, the way they speak to media, and the way they represent themselves. And I think those are always strong qualities to have. I mean, right now, just here in the Bay Area, you have one guy who is a um, just an incredible example of that, and that's Steph Curry. Steph Curry has, you know, time and time again said he's not a beat-you-over-the-head-with-the-Bible type guy, but he wants to live out his life in a way that resembles how Jesus wants him to live his life, and people take to that. I mean, you look around. He was the leading vote-getter in the NBA also here. Of course, that has a lot to do with the way he plays and his style, but have you ever heard a negative thing about the personality of Steph Curry? Because I have not. And I've seen him just do incredible things, genuine acts. And I think in sports, you tend to deal with a lot of egos. And there's a lot lot there, and it can get harsh at some point. But I think your testimony is not just the words you say for why you believe to other men and women. It's how you act and care in the character of Jesus. And I think that that's what you see with a lot of these guys. What's your story? At what age did you become a believer? And how did you first realize you needed a Savior? Well, for me, it was, you know, I was a... I wasn't really necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a non-believer, 
through my teenage years and into my twenties, but I definitely wasn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't, you know, act on it. It was more something I didn't think about. It scared me. I mean, death scared me. I always thought about the what if, of course. You know, I, I didn't see the world through the same lens that I do now, but in my late twenties, uh, just a matter of different circumstances in my life. Uh, you know, I, I started to see and kind of crave Jesus. I remember thinking of, I, I was, I used to joke, I was really into Jesus in a historical sense. I just wanted to know as much about him as I could, but I still didn't think of him as the son of God. I just thought of him as a historical figure. And I bought a Bible and I left it, you know, in the wrapping and I never really opened it up or anything like that. Uh, but as I got later in my twenties, started having these kind of, you know, experiences that you would just call supernatural experiences, things that I couldn't explain, things that were making sense that were leading me directly to God. And when I opened up that book and I started to pray, I mean, just things changed dramatically and undeniably. I've always had a hard time. I can always say now I have a much harder time not believing in God than I would believing in God because at this point, all the evidence is so stacked with just layers and layers of things that maybe a non-believer would call a coincidence, but I know exactly where it's coming from. And when those things started happening, the more it's kind of like a snowball effect, <laughs> the more I looked into it, the more it was showing itself. And since then, I, you know, I haven't looked back. It's been an incredible experience. I, I can't tell you about the relationships that have been built based upon my faith. The way I can look at the world, uh, it just all makes a little bit more sense. And, uh, and I'm glad to get to share that with you and your listeners today. In reading some of your work, your faith is so evident in your writings, but you seem to struggle like so many of us do with seeing Jesus in the lives of those who claim to love him. And covering professional sports as a writer, you must see and face any number of temptations and witness firsthand the ugliness and shallowness of pro sports. How do you keep on the narrow path and how do you try to reflect Christ in your circles? You know, for me, it's it's all about community. I think that, you know, having the right community around you is always going to help keep you accountable uh, to those things and who we say we are. And I think that's the same for a lot of guys in professional sports. I mean, look, <clears throat> I believe that a lot of the way people view Christians is this kind of holier-than-thou approach where they think, you know, Christians have all the answers or they think they have all the answers or they think they're perfect. And we know, you know, as Christians that there's a lot of brokenness in all of us and we're always looking to God to heal that in us and looking for community around us to heal. So for me, being around that landscape and talking to a lot of guys, a lot of these NBA stars are strong Christians. There's superstars out there that you wouldn't even know, you know, are believers in God. But they are, and they've struggled so much through the years. They've fought through adversity. I can think of, you know, a guy like Dwight Howard, who's a guy who has strong belief, but he's struggled to keep on that path at times. But that's like all of us. And he's a guy in his young 20s, and he's got a, you know, a microphone in his face and cameras watching him at all times. And I'll tell you, if someone was watching me that closely during my 20s, I wouldn't look so hot. So I think that, uh, you know, it's really all about taking that approach of just loving, understanding, and having community which kind of keeps me and a lot of these guys on the right path. How can we pray for you? For me, I think it's, you know, it's exactly that. It's in this, you know, when I, when I do have a little bit of a platform, which I do in this NBA world, getting to talk about sports, I always just want to keep focus on what the greater meaning is. It's easy to get into, you know, ripping Amari Stoudemire's contract or, you know, <laughs> getting into Phil Jackson's triangle and trying to have a mean approach to it. It's easy to be snarky in this world, and I think I fall into that trap a lot. And I just want to exude. I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing I want to do is I want to act in the character of Jesus, and I want prayers to make sure that I maintain that. And I thank you for that opportunity for prayer. We've been talking with Jimmy Spencer. You can follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Spencer NBA. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Let's do this again. 
Yeah, I'd like that. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. GT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's G and athletics.info Once again, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Zach, you are hitting a home run with these music with, with the music you're choosing for this show. I mean, you're in my wheelhouse, Sinatra, Dean Martin, you know, you, Perry Como, you you're really doing a good job. So everyone over fifty is loving our music today. <laughs> That's a hundred percent of our listener base. So <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> Might as well go right to Darren's unreasonable rant after that point. <laughs> the wager, as Benson dubbed it, happened last Saturday, and if you follow us on Twitter, you know Benson made it very clear what the outcome was. I lost. But what he isn't telling you is that not only have I barely touched a basketball in the last three years, I was also incredibly sick. I threw up four times, had a fever, and could barely get out of bed. But like all the greats before me, think MJ in his famous flu game, I found the strength to show up and shoot 66% from three. Now remember, I've played roughly two hours of basketball in the last three years, and I'm still a 66% shooter from downtown while sick. I'm a warrior. And since Shane is the only one man enough to respond to my latest challenge privately, I'll challenge these guys on the air. I have the itch now. I'm starting to play again, and there is no way the three of you jack wagons can beat me. I'll play you one on three. The stakes are whatever you decide. It doesn't matter because it's death, taxes, and me owning you chumps in basketball. Your move. What an Finally idiot. an unreasonable rant that's actually unreasonable. What an idiot. <laughs> Listen. Let's go. Have some integrity. You lost. Just step up, and you don't have to tell the world, oh, man, I was sick or whatever. You <laughs> lost. You said you could do it. You couldn't do it. Ben's afraid called. to play me. You got called out, and you <laughs> couldn't deliver. Unlike MJ, who gets it done in the clutch. Unlike Kirk Gibson, who gets it done in the clutch. You, my friend, are a loser. <laughs> My pest of the week is Dallas Stars forward Jamie Benn. Jamie Benn uh, was doing an interview talking about Henrik and Daniel Sedin when he referred to them. They're, they're twin brothers, right? They're, they are twins, right, the Sedin brothers? Yes. And they play together on the Canucks. And Jamie Benn, talking about them, uh, the question was whether or not they room together. And his comment derogatorily was, well, who knows what else they do together. 
It was just inappropriate. <laughs> not it was, cool, man. It was inappropriate. It was uncool. It was not funny. Jamie Ben, Dallas Stars forward, is my pest of the week. My pest of the week, the Lakers' Nick Young, who says that on a trip to Cabo, a dolphin tried to kill this him. This was hilarious. He says the dolphin dragged him to the bottom while he was wearing a life vest. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I don't see how that happens. My pest of the week, Nick Young. Leave the dolphins alone. And we, we all saw Flipper, right? Dolphins help people. That's yeah. right. They come to the rescue. They're friendly. <laughs> Nick Young's awesome. My, my pest of the week is Shane, sitting right here in the room with us. I don't think I've ever been the pest of the week. So, yeah, listen, this guy over here, who <laughs> we can talk about so many Hot in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> listen, if we talked about all the times he skipped out of his house, hey, honey, I'm going here. <laughs> he ain't going there. You want to start calling people out on the radio? Uh, you're just opening a hole. Hey, if hey, you're Darren's pest of the week, you're probably doing something right. We're, talk, we're talking about Shane right now, not me, all right? <laughs> my, my pest of the week, I'll, I'll go here, is... Valentine's Day. Yes. I yes. thank you, will Shane. Be the one to say, I am so sick of Valentine's Day. I'm so sick of the Hallmark, the candy, the roses. I'm sick of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm <laughs> sick of Kate Upton and her stupid game of war. You know, <laughs> where'd that come from? I agree with you, but where did that come from? It's all of those things. I just. That's like all my, of the week. all my Twitter feed is made up of those things. I'm just sick of them. I'm sick of having to spend a week scrambling to figure out what I'm going to get my wife for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't I hate. I Valentine's don't need a day. day to tell my beautiful wife that I love her. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys. The show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. I want to thank everybody for listening to us. Happy Valentine's Day to all. You can visit our website btgprogram.com. Follow us on Twitter at btgprogram. Until we meet again, happy Valentine's Day. This is Benson and those guys. I have someone who needs me, someone I needed so long. For once unafraid, I can go where life leads me. Hey, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. But there are some necessary expenses in producing our show. And while advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, the program is mainly listener-supported thanks to the financial gifts of people like like you. If you feel so led, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And if you have a business, the Benson and Those Guys program is a great way to promote it. There are a number of opportunities for your business to be featured during the program. Your financial gifts and your prayerful support are greatly appreciated as we use sports to share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. On behalf of those guys, I want you to know that we covet your prayers and we appreciate your support. Thanks once again for listening to Benson and Those Guys.